getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm your host, Fergus. In the hot seat today, we have got Alex, the Danish gooner. We've got a little um, ginger guy who's got a face like a slapped ass because he's not in the hot seat, uh, Capo Dan. And we've got all the way from Peterborough, uh, we have got uh, Del. Um, we are going to talk about the FA Cup and the outstanding support that we had up for the FA Cup defeat on Friday night. And we look ahead to my birthday and the three points that we're going to get against Everton. On top of that, we'll look at the transfer window, the, the squad and a few other bits and pieces. How are we doing? Uh, Dale, how are you, mate? All the better for seeing you, Fergus, apart from all the way from Peterborough. You know, it's only 48 minutes on the train, right? It doesn't matter. It's still north, isn't it? <laughs> oh, sorry, Smart, you got some lettuce just there. I think it's from your kebab that you just had. Yeah, no, it's the tomato sauce blends in my uh, shirt, so I'm all right there. <laughs> we, got a text, we got a text in the WhatsApp group about a half hour ago. You said, I should make it on time, and he's taking the picture from the kebab shop. I thought, <laughs> get me a chicken donner, chilli sauce, salads, a bit of garlic sauce as well. So, Ginger, you all right? I don't really got the up with you, to be honest. Go on then. Well, you know, last week. Oh, all right, we can be friends again now. Last <laughs> week, uh, last week it was all, all Alec. Alex got his degree. All I love you, Alex. And this week, the sentence was: Fergus and Alex are joined by Dan and Dow. All right then. New favourite. Yeah, well, we are. We are. We are. Ooh, friends. <laughs> oh, Danish friends. Uh, I'm afraid, Alex. Um, I think you've annoyed a ginger fella. You, you, apparently, if you I've upset ginger, him, that's, I've upset him. That, that's dangerous. That yeah. Dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, we're going to talk the Man City game. Um, uh, but before we do talk about the Man City game, I have got a written apology uh, from Trev to uh, say what he's not here because uh, you know it's becoming a regular occurrence. Um, and, you know, it's at games, it's at podcasts. And, uh, yeah, so I, I insisted on a written apology. And he sent it through to me and he even branded it. There we go. You need to be on YouTube to watch this. <laughs> the old man, Colonel old Trev. Man. <laughs> Colonel Trev. Uh, right, guys, we're going to talk um, the Arsenal game. Dale, ahead of the game, what were your expectations? What were your, you know... What did you want? Clearly, none of us go into a game wanting to lose, wanting to have a defeat and wanting to get knocked out of the FA Cup, which is the most historic cup in the world and the one that we've won more than anybody else. What were your expectations before that game and what were you hoping for? Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. It's it's our cup, isn't it? It's not just the most historic cup. It's our cup. We are, the FA Cup is us. Uh, it defines who we are, the class, the all of that jazz. It's uh, yeah. So I, I didn't want to lose. Of course not. That being said, it is a different situation we find ourselves in. We're halfway through the season. We are top of the league. We're five clear. We've got a game in hand. We've still got to play City. So for me, I didn't want to just turn up and get rolled over. Um, I can take a loss on the chin. We've we've had a, a fantastic season so far. I just didn't want to turn up and lose three, four, five nil, which historically we we uh, we've got a terrible record against Man City. So I just wanted us to to turn up and play like we know we can play and show that 
show Man City we we, we can beat you. We we're here to play. We're here to, to to give you a game here, and I think we did exactly that, which which sets us up nicely for the league okay. game on the fifteenth. Okay, Alex, I'll go to you because I'll, I'll I'll ask Dan last because we were up there together. So, Alex, what what were your expectations um, ahead of the game? What were you hoping for? I might have to let this cat out. Hang on, you carry on. Yeah, I'll carry on. Um, I didn't really know what to expect until until I saw the the lineups because I didn't know whether he was going to go with the strong strong side or or um, or rest a few players, but. I must say I was I was kind of worried when I saw the the lineup because uh, like like Dale said I, I was I was worried we were going to get battered because that was the only thing I didn't want to happen. Uh, fine if we lose. Do you, one, th- do like you think they get battered? Is a battered burger, sausage, or Tottenham? <laughs> well, that's it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you're right because that didn't happen as well. But um, but I was kind of um, scared when I saw the lineup because um, I mean it was six changes from the United game. Um, so yeah, but. It also made it kind of a free game for us as well because um, we can always say, well, we didn't put out our strongest side and it was, it's going to be completely different when we play them in the Premier League when we've got uh, our strongest side. Dan, uh, Alex has covered a couple of points that we'll talk about in more depth as we go along, but we took the car journey up. Uh, the four of us in the car was a it's a good journey. It didn't take us too long, about four hours to get up there. Um, and we got into Manchester City's city centre. The expectations from you and from the people we're with, was it to go? We we wanted to win, clearly. I mean, my expectation was to go there and win. Um, I think this year we've been the best side in, in the Premier League, um, best side in the UK, and I would arguably say one of the best sides in Europe up there with, you know, form-wise, the likes of Napoli. Um, fully expecting us to go there and win. Obviously, I think I was a little bit disappointed with so many changes, although I can understand it. Um, having watched it back, I think I'm a bit more positive looking into the sort of games against City coming up because, you know, we did have so many changes and we definitely held our own for huge parts of that game. And I, I, I'm going to challenge you in a couple of things that you said uh, at the game about uh, uh, various players. Uh, holding mean one and so on, because I don't think they had as bad a game as you may have thought on the night. Uh, just to give you uh, people who are uh, watching an idea, this is how far up we were. <laughs> we were on the back row. We were on row RR, I think it was, uh, off the third tier. So it was miles away. It was almost like in the new Camp. Not that I've been in a new Camp yet, but um, it was quite a long way up. Um, and... For tactics, it was good to see, but to see how the performance of in individual players uh, were was um, was 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 harder. Before um, we move on, we took a great photo. Well, we didn't take this photo. Dan, talk to us about this photo. This is the four of us who travelled up uh, to Manchester. We're waiting for an Uber to get to the stadium to get the reprints because somebody cocked up with the tickets. Not you, Dan, of course. Absolutely not. I like you tonight. <laughs> is, is that when you called me, Ferg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was, that was. So we, um, yeah, we bumped into, was it about three guys? I can't remember who spoke to them, to be honest. Probably probably you, Ferg, as you chat to everyone. Um, but yeah, I think we, we bumped into three guys who turned out to be um, some commentators on, was it a Swedish platform? I think it was. Yeah, was there was a, a, the, guy, the guy who played with uh, Limpard, um, uh, he was a Swedish guy, he was in his 70s. Uh, he was a Swedish commentator, and then there was two Norwegian commentators. Yeah, I didn't realise they were um, also ex-players. And looking at some of their stats after when I got back home, 
quite quite a good uh, decent standard in the day. So, but yeah, it was a nice photo, nice to probably get a mention on Swedish commentary somewhere about bumping into four drunk Englishmen and Irishmen on the way to. I'll have the, to uh, see if I can find football. anything about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. It, it's got it's got to be on there. Well, you didn't understand a word he spoke to you because I put put him on the phone to you and uh, he was telling some, some drunk drunk Scandi. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're used to speak speaking to them in in London in Manchester. They were professionals, and we only mix with professionals. So yeah, um, guys, looking at the lineup, uh, as Alex said, there was six changes. Turner was in goal. We had Tommy Asu holding Gabrielle and Tierney, uh, with Shaq and Party in the centre of the park. And then we had uh, Vieira, Trossard, Saka, and Nketiah up top. Um, six changes, Dale. Uh, did that worry you, the six changes? Um, yes and no. I think if there was a game to do it now, this was it. Um, I think some players stood out more than others. Some held their own. But they're all players that we're going to need in the second part of the season as the Europa League starts. As the We're no longer in the... Um, in, in the group stages anymore. We're in the nitty-gritty now. It's, it's losing you out. So we need to make sure we've got the players who can handle it. And what better game to throw them in than, than City? Um, I, I was happy with Trossard starting. I thought it was the perfect game for him to start in, give um, give, give some much-needed rest as well. Um, party, I was a bit unsure of. And then when he went off injured, was uh, I was really concerned. Sambi we'll touch on later. Um, for me, he looked well out of his depth against a team like City. Um, was just walking around like a headless chicken in the build-up to the goal and didn't really know. But no, overall, I thought I was, I was yeah, of course it's concerning when you see you've changed a winning team, but I think that was the game to do it, if anything. And Dan, um, City didn't make, I think they made one change and their lineup was far, far stronger. So they showed us a lot of respect in their lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, that, as I said earlier, that shows how good we've been this season. Um the disappointment for me is I think our starting eleven beats their team because I think we're a better starting eleven than them at the moment and current form. Um, squad depth is sort of our detriment at the moment, and I think it's clear that Arteta is focusing on on winning the league. Um, I think that's where we are at the moment, squad wise. I think it will be a couple of years before we're able to com- compete on all fronts. Um, but yeah, that's just the situation we're in. Um, I'm disappointed to lose any game. So in the first half, I think in the main, I know we got a rose-tinted glasses on, but I've looked at the game back again. I think in the main, we seem to control that first half and probably had the better of that first half. Um, at times, Turner's distribution from his feet was not shaky, but he, he knew his limitations. But I said to you several times, Dan, uh, that um, how how impressed I was with his overall performance. Alex, if we look at uh, Turner himself, like he he was he was quite confident. He was confident with the players around him. He was coming out and punching balls. Um, yes, he's not great with his feet, but you can see improvement. It's the sixth start start for the club. There's definitely improvement. Yeah, I thought he was very good, um, and I th- I think it was in the first ten minutes as well. Um, holding scuffed a a, a ball, a long ball, uh, which sent Harland through on goal, and I thought he was going to score, but then. Um, Turner came out and and kicked it away. Um, and like you said, many times he came out in the box, uh, commanded the box as well, very well. Um, we know City are good at putting pressure and making teams um, go very low block. Um, and when they do that, they're, they're very good at having De Bruyne put crosses in for Haaland. And I think he did very well coming out for crosses, uh, Turner. And like you said, 
he knew his limitations with the dis distribution. So he knew when he could go for some of the short passes and then he knew when to kick it long as well. So I was quite secure with him as well. I thought he did well. I'm just getting the message that anybody on YouTube, if you're trying to put uh, comments in, you're getting a message saying uh, this one is for the kids or something like that. Uh, the action has been turned on, uh, turned off, uh, made for kids or something like that. So you may not be able to comment in the chat tonight, but I don't have old man Trev just putting up uh, messages every 30 seconds that we don't even talk about. So if you do want to make comments, you can go to Facebook, but stay where you are if you're on on um, on YouTube and just carry on watching us. Um, uh, Dan, your thoughts on on Turner uh, Turner's performance? Sorry, I just got thrown by that a little. That was all. Yeah, to be honest, I think we um, we did mention this, that I think Turner is growing in confidence the more games that he plays. Um, I think his image as such with the fans was tainted a little bit in the friendly at the beginning of the season where he made a mistake. And everyone was saying, oh, looks like we've got another keeper that's got loads of mistakes in him. Um, to be fair to him, since he's played since then, I, I don't remember him making many mistakes. I think he's actually not too bad on the ball. I think his distribution was good. And as Alex said, he did clear up for holding um, a couple of times in that first half. And I actually think Turner had a very good performance, um, as did probably, I'd say, five or six of the, the team as well. The question yeah, like, I'd ask I, on I, that, if I can, can I just jump in on. there? Because I think Dan raised a good point. I think he, he's, he's growing in confidence. But I think part of this is because we're such, we're, we're, such, we're used to um, the distribution of Ramsdale, who is who is phenomenal. I think his distribution is great. He's uh, he gets it early, so we've got those high standards, and people expect that straight away from someone like Turner coming in. And the reality is, he's not a bad keeper. His distribution isn't that bad at all. Um, but because we expect such high standards, we we a lot of the fan base will pick out when he does make those mistakes. So, and we're done on that. I think he's growing all the time. Yeah. And and like I said to Dan at one point, um, that for me because uh, we didn't have a goal scorer or anything like that. Um, for me, uh, Turner was almost the man of the match at, at, at points. He was he was playing that well. Um, Dale, what did you make of um, uh, Holding's performance? I know he's only on for a half. Yeah, um, it is. He's, he's steady, isn't he? Does what he, he does what he needs to do. Um, he doesn't really set the world alight, but I think. He wouldn't be in my starting eleven like he wouldn't be in most people's starting eleven. But he's a sort of man who can come in and do a job, which is what I think. I think he done really. He didn't he? Didn't really set the world alight for me, but he did what was needed of him. Uh, go on, Alex. Go on. I think we've got to remember who he was up against as well. He was up against the best striker in the world, the most informed striker in the world, Haaland. So, I think we've got to take that into consideration when we rate his first half performance as well. Yeah, there's a lot of critics when it comes to holding, and I think a lot of it's unfair. Um, I think he, he's been there and he's 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 done us the done us a job when, when needed. But the reality is, he's probably the sort of player you bring on when you're holding on to a one or two nil lead in the 80th minute to give you that kind of backup at the back. It's it's a brave game to play him in, a brave brave game. Dan, you you weren't keen on the, on the day. No, and 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 watching it back, I'm still not. If I'm totally honest, um, I think maybe my criticism is taken in the in the wrong way because I think what he does off the ball is good. He's a good defender. Um, he did well, I think, up against Haaland. Um, he did make, for me, two mistakes that they could have scored from that, as we said, Turner sort of mopped up for him. But my issue with holding is when he's got the ball, not when he doesn't have the ball. When we're in a low block and we need to defend, I think he's a good defender. But 
when you're trying to compete as a top side on multiple fronts, you need people that can come in and out of the squad quite seamlessly and just pick up from the flow of the team. And I think when Holding's got the ball, he plays this sort of curved ball down the channel every single time when he gets flustered and then we lose possession and the pressure comes onto us as a team. And he's one of the players that when they come into the team, we can't progress the ball out from the back as well as we normally do. And I think it comes from him and it came from Lekonga in that game that, you know, holding the first half, Lekonga in the second half, that they were causing issues of us being able to get out. Um, and I think if you want to be able to make those changes, as we need to at times across the season, I think we need better quality on the ball to come into that position. Having said that, I think he brings a lot to the team off the ball. He brings a lot to the team in the dressing room. And I certainly won't want to get rid of him from the squad. I just feel like if he's going to be your sort of next best centre-back, I think he's not good enough as, as the third centre-back. I would probably say he's like your fourth or fifth choice he should be. But would you would, would you, you not, not say that's why we brought in the, the, the young guy, from uh, the Polish guy? Because I think Arteta knows that as well. I think he'll play left centre-back, but then who's going to play the right side? Um, because realistically, Gabriel and Saliba have played when they probably shouldn't have done at ben, time. Ben White, ben White can drop ben, into the right side. Yeah, he, or Tomiyasu, maybe. They, they, they can, but again, is, is it square pegs in round holes or should we have two players per position that can seamlessly rotate? You know, Man City... Tomiyasu, as an example, does it for Japan. He plays more left side for Japan, doesn't he? Is he left? Ben, ben, ben both White, for us, isn't he? Ben White played whole, whole season last season... Uh, yeah. Right centre. I'm, I'm not saying he can't do it, but look, if Ben right, if Ben White is starting right back most games, and then you want to rotate him, you're going to bring in Tommy Asley right back. So then you've still got that right side centre back if you want to be able to rotate. Yeah, um, that is true. Yeah, for, for me, that's that's an area I think we will look at him. We'll look at possibly another right back, and we'll look at a striker in the in the coming sort of two or three windows. Okay, um, Trossard is our latest signing, one of our latest signings, um, best player on the pitch first half, and probably. Even the second half, uh, the amount of um, runs, crosses. He was unlucky not to score. He was he put a cross into Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu was really unlucky. If he, he um, a foot either side of that keeper, and the keeper was getting nowhere near that ball. Uh, Alex, talk to us about uh, Trossard's performance. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was our best player, especially in the first half. Everything we had, all of our chances and shots came through him. Um, I think it was in the fifth minute. Um, like you said, he put in put in a cross for Tomiyasu, uh, which could have been a goal. Um, brilliant save by uh, their keeper, who was all, also really good um, on the day, Ortega. Uh, and he was one of the only players they rotated. Um, but then also later in the half, uh, Trossard again, which was a really nice uh, build-up from from the whole team as well, um, sent Trossard through on the left flank and he cut in and had a shot, uh, which he saved again, Ortega. But he just looked dangerous um, on the left side and I, th I felt like every time he had the ball, something was going to come from it. Okay. Uh, Dale, uh, have you been impressed what we've seen? He came on as a cameo against United and he yeah. he impressed and I thought he, pre he was outstanding on, on Friday night. You may remember in the uh, in the WhatsApp group chat, Fergus, back in the summer, I said, "Why are we not going for Trossard?" I called it back then. I just said, "He is the he, he is what we're missing. He, he he can play anywhere along that front front three. His energy, his style, his aggression, controlled aggression at that. It suits us. Everything about his play screams Arsenal Football Club. I think 
Um, I was surprised we didn't go from in, in in the summer last year because uh, I, I I think everybody could well a, a lot of people could see that he is exactly what we needed. We needed cover for the for the for all the pretty much that whole front three and he can play across any one of those positions. So for me, I'm incredibly impressed with that signing. 28 years old in the peak of his career, three, four year contract. We're, we're going to get the best out of him. If Look at what he does in that Brighton, what he did in that Brighton side. You stick to him alongside the talent we've got now. And I think we've got a hell of a player on our, on our hands there. I, I can't recall who the commentator was on, on ITV's coverage, but um, I think they said something like, I know he's only signed for Arsenal. But he looks like an Arsenal player. the The gear suits him. Uh, he's just a natural fit. Dan, he was outstanding. Yeah, yeah, he, re- he really was. Um, the biggest thing for me is that you know he plays on the left side predominantly where Martinelli plays, but he's a totally different player to Martinelli. And we've just got an option now that a player that we can go from a Martinelli who likes to stay out wide and isolate someone one on one, or you've got Trossard who can come into the space and pick up the ball between the lines. And near enough like a playmaker in that channel, he's he's a bit more of a, I would say, a combination of Martin Lee and Smith-Rowe together. That's, you know, the sort of player that he is. Um, I think he could be a, a, a little gem and um, he could be someone that really does push us on to pick up extra points where we need in the run. And, and for 21 million, you know, 27 with add-ons and everything else is an absolute bargain. We will talk about the transfer window uh, in about 10 or 15 minutes and talk about what we've done. Uh, we've got the second half to talk about. Um, but I think somebody came along and, and said about uh, the comparison. It might have been in the pub, the comparison between the Man City side that Pep has got and the Arsenal side that uh, Arteta has got. That They play very, very similar uh, football and they could almost pass themselves to death. But Arsenal have got the wingers that Pep wants and Pep hasn't got those wingers. Alex, do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think um, what they're lacking, Man City, is is, uh, is the speed on the on the flanks because they've got Maris, Grealish, Foden. Um, they're not exactly rapid players, and that's what we've got with uh, Saka and Martinelli, especially. So I think that's that's uh, something that they're lacking um, on the attacking side of things. Um, so yeah, that's. I think they'll probably be looking at Saka and Martinelli, and I think Pep will be looking at them and. He'd probably want them in, in his team. Before we go into the second half, Dale, um, uh, Alex just mentioned Saka. Saka was marked out of the game uh, quite well by... It was okay. Ake. Yeah. He did it, well, um, yeah. He'd, he'd done really well. He's, he got, got the goal, which we know about, but he, he just didn't let uh, Saka turn whatsoever and, and didn't let him get any time on the ball whatsoever and didn't let him have that explosive speed. Um how how do we overcome that for this game that we've got on the fifteenth of February? Um, I think in in that game there we'll have a, a wider array of our first team starting eleven. Um, there was clearly a job Ake was put on that pitch to do, and that was to take Saka out of the game. That was obvious from the start, and I think he did a very good job. Let's not take that away from him. Hmm. Um, that's the player that that City wanted to sign. With they've 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 taken a bit of time to see that player, but I think he did a very good job. Um, for me, we've got the best right winger in the Premier League by a long way uh, in Saka. Um, arguably, I don't think there's anybody in that position globally better than him at the moment. Um, he's going to get that special attention. And the reality is he's not going to be able to do it game in, game out, game in, game out when he's being man-marked like he was. So I'm not overly concerned about that. Um, I'm really not. When you look at, there's a, there's a great clip, I'll try and find it and share it for a future podcast maybe, about how Arteta has changed our attacking style. 
that normally used to be our out with the ball would go from our center halves to our fullbacks they'd pass it up straight up the line what they're doing now they're creating those angles and the runs for themselves and so we are seeing an evolution of of not just the the, the style of play but of Arsenal Football Club, as far as Arteta, or call it Arteta ball, if you like. So I've got no concerns in, 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 in the slightest. I think we we turn up with our first eleven. We beat Man City at home. I'm convinced of that. Uh, Dan, uh, before we move into the second half, things changed in the second half because what happened in the first half, in the sense that Rob Holding gets a yellow card. Um, yes, I can see why it was. It was probably a totting up of a few bit, bits and pieces. But Haaland could equally had uh, a yellow card as well because he was at the two of them were just at each other's throats the whole time, weren't they? I'm not so sure it was just about the yellow card. In all fairness, I think the Partey injury had a big, big part to play in that because Lukonga is nowhere near as good as Partey at progressing with the ball. And as we said, I don't think Rob Holding's the best either. So I think part of that was also I don't think you can have Holding and Lukonga in that same team against City because we just would have lost the ball and had it recycled against us so many times. Which um, is why there was changes made, yeah. Yeah. Just a quick um, sort of comment back to you guys and what you said about playing like Man City. Do you actually really think we play like Man City? Because I don't think we're anywhere near as possession-based as they are. I think we're a lot more direct. And I'd probably say if we were like any other team, I would say we're more like Liverpool. I, I, I'd I think like to think we're... Oh, go on. That's you. Go, no, go, 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 Dale. Go. I don't want us really comparing us to anybody. I want people to compare themselves to us. I think our brand of football, I agree with you, Dan. I don't think it's like City. Um, I think they play a much more possession-based game. They'll they'll batter teams with possession and eventually something will come. We don't do that. We're happy to let teams come at us and hit them on the counter like we've seen numerous times. But also, we're not afraid to attack. We, I, I see the Liverpool comparisons to an extent. Liverpool two years ago, maybe three years ago. But at the moment, I don't think anybody plays football like quite like we do. Um, and if you look at the blueprint, you'd want to say if you want to, if you were to play football like anybody, I mean, we'll, we'll take you can put Newcastle defensively into it. They don't shit many goals in, but other than that, as a complete unit, I think we're our own, completely our own, our own different brand at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I say that is Man City are more of a team that look after the ball and don't want to lose the ball. I don't think we're worried about losing the ball we're actually very much like okay let's be more direct if we lose it let's go get it again and that's why I think there's more of a comparative sort of to Liverpool and the sort of the aggressiveness of how they attack but I don't know what you are um, you guys think that's because of the pace as well isn't it that that we can go on the counters because City really haven't got the same pace as we've got yeah I mean it's not just on the counter though is it I think it's actually when we're in possession of the ball we are more direct and aggressive and yeah that's true get the ball back I think we're a lot more of flexible I've got to credit a lot of that down to the mentality of the players, though. I mean, how many times we've we seen this season um, our main men, uh, our, our number nines, our main men up top, Jesus, uh, Eddie and Ketty is doing it recently, winning corners in our own box and getting right back there and chasing it back up. And there seems to be that want from everybody from back to front. Everybody's willing to. You see Gabriel making 40, 50 yard runs forward to get onto a ball. Look at Xhaka against United. He did the same thing 40 yards and unfortunately missed the target. But um, I think the, the 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 attitude and the work rate is a massive credit to, to the whole team. And that's why I think it, it works. Mm. Um, Rebecca or Terry uh, as well, uh, probably using Rebecca's Facebook account, um, with regards to how do we um, deal with, with Ake or the, the Saka, um, 
issue when we when we play uh, City on on the fifteenth. Odegaard will be on the pitch, so they'll have they'll have more to deal with than than they had on on this one. If we go into the second half, second half there were substitutions. Party was taken off because of um, an injury. Thankfully, uh, we believe it's all okay. Uh, it was an injury he was holding uh, or carrying for two or three weeks. Um, and because we took him off, we put Lakonga on. And exactly what you said, Dan, a few minutes ago, you got Lakonga and holding. That makes it very much weak on that side. So we brought Saliba on. Uh, Saliba, Saliba and Gabriel, they are Rolls Royce, and they 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 managed um, they managed Haaland in the main really really well. Haaland didn't get a sniff. I don't think all game, Dan. No. Um... I think that game was a game of very, very fine margins, in all fairness. Um, I don't think we were bad. I don't even think the players that I've criticised were that bad. Um, I think it's just their mistakes led to us losing that game. And I think Lukonga's one that I think doesn't deserve the amount of criticism he's had um, from a lot of people. But for me, he is the reason why we lost that game is because his positional mistake that he made for the goal is he should be the guy getting out to the fullback to be on him. And he didn't. And that is something that comes with more experience. And I think he'll gain that on loan at Palace. Um, but that for me is the reason why we lost the game. And it's it's not because he played badly. It's just players make mistakes. Yeah. And and against City as well, you're going to get punished for, yeah, for those exactly. kind of mistakes. Exactly that. Alex, um, what what did you make of uh, Lukonga's performance then? Because like we can look at the the goal. I don't have the video clip for it, um, but um, that's the, the the final image of the the ball going in the back of the net. We've all seen it on TV. Lukonga looks pretty static, and Odegaard wasn't very happy. Yeah, I, th- I think it was multiple times where Odegaard was trying to tell him uh, his positioning was wrong, um, and I think it's just he's got low confidence and. When he get th- gets thrown into a side like that against uh, Manchester City, he's just gonna struggle. I mean, if it, maybe it, he, he would have done better if it was against a lower uh, or worse opponent, but it's just when you make a little mistake like that, you're gonna get punished against uh, Manchester City. But like Dan said, I don't think he was terrible. I think he he sort of played his way into the ga- uh, game um, with more and more passes, uh, and he was, I thought he was okay on the ball as well. But it's just. When he's off the ball, his his um, presence uh, is just lacking. When you compare to Party, especially, um, he just has hasn't got the same uh, intensity and, and presence as Party. Dan, I thought I thought Turner had made a worldie, but after seeing the game uh, again, I realised it actually hit the post. But um, I don't think Turner could have done very much about it because he had jumped to make what would have been a very good save, um, and it, the ball just came back in. Again, if Lukonga had ran to and closed down the space, I think I think it would have made it harder for Ake and, and the goal might not happen. But uh, what did you make of the move? Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. It was a good finish from, from Ake. Wrong foot and he puts it right in the corner. So it, it's not as if it was an awful goal. Just for me, we could have done more to avoid that. And I think if we have our start on 11, we don't concede that goal. Um yeah, fine margins against the top team. And that's that's when you win or lose games. So for me, though, no no worries going into the next game. I do think against City that they're, if they're taking them, we can beat them. 
to close up on this game, really, uh, what more can you add? Like, the, the, we did we did have a few chances. Eddie came close. Um, well, it looked better on TV than it did when we were standing as far up. We could even see that he's like two foot away from anywhere near the Goldale. But um, Eddie, Eddie was managed quite well. But he did he did have a, a couple of attempts on goal. Um, and, and, and we did push to try and get that replay. Did you want the replay, Dale? I'd rather killed it off there than truth be told. I think we don't need the replay uh, with the run of fixtures we've got coming up. We've got, um, you look at the next 10 games, it's not too bad, truth be told. Yeah, let's get City out of the way. I think Everton's going to be a lot harder this weekend than what we would have said because now they've got Dyson, new manager syndrome, someone who's technically stubborn um, to break down. But no, the, the replay was something we could have we could have definitely done without. But uh, would I have taken a replay over a loss? Yeah, of course. It, it did look like we were we were going to get a, a, an equaliser, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, I mean, it's yeah. We go back to the the, the team, the lineup, and I mean, I know that there's been a few players taking a lot of criticism, but I just, Sambi for me, I'll, I'll never take to social media and abuse these players like some people nope. do. You see, but I just don't think he's good enough. I really don't think he's good enough. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that before that game, Arteta's gone to him in his ear and said, "Look, Sam, look, we know, he, he know he's known he's, short, he's he's low on confidence." I've got no doubt in my mind that Arteta's put an arm around him at some point and gone, "Look, I trust you. I trust you. You're in one of the biggest games of the season so far against one of the best uh, teams in the league so far. Go out there and show him what you can do." And he, and he just looks so lost, but it's not the first time. Um, I think the loan to Palace is going to do one or two things. It will make him, or it will break him, and realise, you know what, this isn't the player for us. But I'm yet to. I'm yet to be convinced by him. I must admit, with Sambi, when I first saw him, I thought I thought he looked bright. He looked more. Bear in mind, we we're playing at that point. We were playing El Neni and Shaka in, in 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 those two roles. He looked more uh, attacking, more looking like more progressive than El Neni. Um, not that I'm criticising El, El Neni in any way, but I, I just thought potentially there was a better player in there because um, Party was continually in, injured at the time. I didn't know how that was going to come out. Um, yeah, I think the move to, to Palace will do him good. Um, so uh, the away support, the away support, I thought you could, well, I, I couldn't hear anything else on the telly when I uh, listened. It was to amazing, Ferg. It sounded like Arsenal was the, was the home team. And like you said, that was the only thing I could hear through the telly was the Arsenal supporters. Best away well, fans in the league by far at the moment. You tell me an away fan following better than what we've got. You won't find one. And, and Dale, I, I've been fortunate enough to be able to get tickets to most games this season, home and away. And I, I, to the day I go to my grave, this has been one of the greatest periods in my life to to, to be an Arsenal fan. Um, what I have put together is I've put a little, um, it's, it's a few clips from different people on Twitter. So the volume goes up and down, but it might give you an idea of uh, what the evening was like from where we were.
the, the funny thing at the end was the the, the end video uh, of uh, the Granite Shaka one was uh, that's when all the City fans were leaving and uh, they they played like we got Pep Guardiola or whatever the, the same tune and the Arsenal fans just took over and made it the Granite Shaka song. Um, the atmosphere there, uh, Dan, describe it before the game. There's a couple of video clips I had before the game. I can't play them because we had that word on way too much last week. (laughs) Would that be about an Antonio? Antonio. Um, we're still fought in front. You, um, we can't say the Italian. We've, we've got a new Italian in the team, haven't we? Not all Italians are bad then, are they? No. Um, (laughs) Yeah, do you know what? The, the main thing with the atmosphere was we had obviously 7,800 fans travelling and so many fans this year have not... Been, so, sorry, so 7,802, yeah. Um, and not all, not all the fans have been able to get away tickets this year. And probably for about half of them, that could have been their first away trip this year. And what I didn't want was to have such a big allocation and then it drop all the way down to red and everyone say, oh, no one wants to go because it's a cup game. Everyone absolutely made the most of the opportunity. Everyone travelled up there that could travel up there. And just had a brilliant time and the atmosphere was great in the pub um on the concourse you know there was people on the concourse just getting involved and various people jumping in on songs and it was just yeah good atmosphere and then it, that continued into the into the stands and obviously onto the tv even more people had flags wrapped around them i don't know where they get the idea from yeah i know it's obviously a good idea isn't it really <laughs> no um no one no one threw their pint up in the air this week so probably because folks didn't start it off Dan, yes, how, did, how, how did it all start with, with the flag? Have you always carried your flag to the games? I've got a flag wrapped around me, or a picture of a flag wrapped around me from, I think it was 2013, I think. Um, and I used to wear it quite a bit there. And then, yeah, when I used to come in the stadium, I did stop for a while and then decided to bring it back. And then it's just stayed since. Is it, since, uh, is it the same flag? Yeah, yeah, the same one. Same one since, uh, since I was uh, a junior gunner. Back in the day, brilliant. Does it have a Does it have a, a fire certificate? Well, according to Man City, it's okay because they let me in eventually. <laughs> I saw some who didn't get their flag in. Yeah, they don't always like it. They didn't let me uh, take it in at Bournemouth this year, and um, at City on the weekend, on the weekend on Friday, they um, did kick up a bit of a fuss. But flags coming with me everywhere we go. Um. A player who returned to, to Manchester City was Zinchenko. Um, Jesus probably travelled with the squad, I expect. But uh, after the game, Zinchenko was surrounded by some of his former teammates. He didn't really want to talk to them at first. Kyle Walker's given it to him large in his face there. He wasn't very happy. But he did come up to us and um, we, we, we sung his name and that cheered him up. And he was all right with Kyle Walker by the end of it, I think. Um, so... Let's look at um, the standout players for the game. Dale, who would you go as your your man of the match? Are we still allowed to say that? I don't know. For me, I'm still saying it. Uh, who would you go as your man of the match for that game? I don't know. I'd probably go Trossard. It's, um, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm absolutely buzzing with that signing. Absolutely buzzing. Um, yeah, Trossard for me is, yeah, Trossard. Alex? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Trossard, I, th- I thought he was uh, our most dangerous player and um, he looked very lively. Uh, but I think you could argue Turner as well. He had a brilliant game. Dan, Dan is there anybody else besides Turner or Trossard that you think deserves a good mention? If I'm totally honest, I think 
it's really difficult to pick a man in the match in that game. And I think that could be from either side um, because I think it was a very, very even game. Um, if I had to pick a man in the match, it'd probably be from their side, Ake, um, just because he got the winning goal. From our side, I think you could probably... I'd, I'd probably say Trossard looked more dangerous. He'd have to pick him. But there, there are a couple that you could argue were, were up there. To be honest, it's becoming like that in most games now that you... The team performance is that uh, united and that good that it's really, really hard to pick out any individual in the 11, uh, you know, 15 uh, men that go on the pitch to try and pick out somebody who is outstandingly better than anybody else because they're they're all pretty damn good um, and and they're all given it 110% the whole way along. Um, I'll go to the the 12th man. I'll say they were the the men and women and and kids. Yeah. I agree. Oh, you did well. Do you, do you know what you say about them 12 man, right? One thing I, I got out of all them, them video clips, I've seen some of them on Twitter, some I've just seen there for the first time. Having seen and felt it in person and, and on video, you never quite get the full audio experience from a, uh, a video clip. I mean, you look at United home in the concourse, for example, that was absolutely electric. Same as like Tottenham. Um, no doubt Chelsea will be coming up. No doubt City will be. But when you see the videos, it looks it looks good. It looks good. It doesn't look incredible like it has been. Um, so I can only imagine how it was because them videos look great. You're right, Dale, because uh, I came home from the, the United game recently and on the Monday morning I woke up and my ears were still ringing like when I used to come out of a nightclub years ago when they didn't have any health and safety with speakers and stuff like that. And it was, you had that muffled that muffled uh, sound in your head. That could have been beer as well, but I, I'm used to the beer one. So, like, you know. <laughs> was it you who started throwing a pint in? My mate turned around and went, I'm soaked. <laughs> I was like, playing Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened was I, I had my beer like that. And as everyone was jumping, somebody came along and hit me pint. And they went in the air and I went, ah. Oh. And then everybody just went, like that. Because it, it, yeah, we don't cool. normally, I, I've not normally seen it around there. Have you? No, not really. No, people don't throw beers. I mean, when people start jumping, you probably see on the video that I'll put my hand over the top of my pint. <laughs> I weren't wasting it. I paid good yeah, money I was, for that. <laughs> I, I was I was a little bit um, inebriated to, to even think like that. I was just trying to hold it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was drunk and he threw his pint off. Yeah, exactly. That. He's just trying to excuse it, isn't he? And uh, the ringing, ringing in his ears, was that going back to your uh, DJ Simon Barry days, was it, Fergus? It might well have been, yeah, yeah. No, that that, that, that wasn't. That? I'm sure everyone would love to hear about those days. I want to see the when picture. I a... <laughs> I, there is no pictures. I, I never DJed anywhere except for a radio station in Ireland, and I don't think um, I don't think there's probably any recording of that anyhow because it was a local station. It was about one. You hope not, anyway. Future. Yeah, um, I don't know. My accent was very different. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, you talked about the, the, the atmosphere in the, in the stadium in the Arsenal and it used to be called a library and people talked about the, the, the phrase that Gunnar Blog came along and said about Wenger built the Emirates and uh, Arteta's turn, the, turn on the lights. Um, the uh, Etihad Stadium may have been built and they've got Pep and he can't turn the lights on in that place. It was absolutely absolutely dreadful it was just as well we turned up Dan wasn't it I'd like to see what it's like uh in the league game because maybe it's a, a cup atmosphere because you know we know at times in the cup it's not as good as at home in, as it is in the league so maybe it's that but it was awful to be honest it's um Dan I don't, I was, I don't think it's much different it's not it's not I went there I went there the previous season we lost 5-0 
and even at three nil, we all stayed extra for an extra beer. I was I was driving, so I was back in, on on the um, uh, on the lower tier. But everyone came out of the bars at half time, and we just carried on singing and singing and singing. And the city fans, there was a uh, by the because it's a, a strip of the three tiers um, uh, for a normal game. It's not the top two tiers. Um, there is an element in the lower tier on the corners near the away fans, and they do give it some, and they do try a little bit with Blue Moon. But again, like Anfield, they have a huge tannoy system and they try and pump up the atmosphere and everything else. Um, but no, there isn't. It's quite touristy. It's quite sterile. They're too it, used to winning as well. <laughs> you know what? It, it, we were guilty of that. We were guilty of that. Yeah. When the Invincible years, okay, yeah, it's fantastic. But, you know, I'm sure that's why... We just came, became a little complacent over the years. and I think yeah. they're starting to take it for granted. And that's what Pep said in the interview as well. He, need, he needs the fans to like bring, bring a proper atmosphere for them as well. And the same with the players as well. That, that's why he's playing uh, guys like Rico Lewis and stuff and benching Cancelo. Because uh, he needs the young, young players who are hungry. They're, the other guys, they're too used to winning. Well, Cancelo, there was a bust up, wasn't there? And now he's off to Germany, isn't he? Yeah, he's at he's at Bayern now. That's a strange. Like there's there's something more gone in there in that club because uh, definitely you, don't, you definitely. don't get rid of who was the best fullback in their team and in, in the league, especially after they sold Zinchenko as well. They've just got Ake now at left back. Yeah, and the young who's the young lad? Um, is it Lewis? Yeah, but he's at right back. Yeah, he can play play both sides. I think, but Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, something else has gone on there. Two, uh, yeah, two he, hours. He's toxic. I've, uh, my cousin's a season ticket holder at City, and um, he he lives up there. And he was saying he's toxic. He's what they're, they're, he's he's wanted. Oh, we'll get Dell back in a second. His internet's just died. But yeah, I've I've heard that as well. Like he when he when he doesn't play, he gets very angry as well. I was uh, I, I was going to just ask Dale there uh, Dale there that um, if uh, if his cousin. What he thought about the atmosphere in the in in, in yeah. the stadium, but that would have been interesting. Hopefully, it'll come back on in a second. Um, transfers. Uh, we had uh, three in, three out. Oh, hang on! Before we, he's coming back, there we go. Uh, Dell, um, I was going to ask you before we talk about transfers. You mentioned your cousin's a Man City fan. What does he say about the atmosphere and the match day experience in in the stadium? So uh, on that part of it, it's probably best to avoid because he's a bit blinkered. Um, and we've got a family group chat. All he ever talks about is City. Someone else is playing, he'll talk about City. Um, he still calls us the library. Uh, so we go back with the empty ad. The reality is it speaks for itself. I mean, there's not a single fan base in there that doesn't call it the empty ad. And I think everyone's coming to the Emirates now and going, bloody hell, that's, that's quite some noise going on there. And likewise, we're getting a reputation for guys such as you going away and saying, Look at the away support at Arsenal. I think that we're we're shaking that library reputation. But yeah, we don't, let's not go into his opinion because he's 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 blinkered. No worries. Transfer window. So we had three in, three out. We had uh, Trossard. Uh, we had Kivor and Jorginho. Um, we'll talk about all three of them. Well, we talked uh, quite a lot about Trossard. Uh, Kivor, we don't really know much about. We will talk about uh, Jorginho. Uh, and on the way out the door, on loan, all three was Marquinhos. Um, we had uh, Laconga and Cedric. Cedric, I think it's it works for everybody. He was never getting a game uh, with us. Um, you know, Tommy Asu was ahead of him. 
Uh, he's 31, 32. I think he's in the last six months of his contract or year of his contract. Uh, so it, it works for everybody. We were trying to sell him, but I think um, the, the financials just didn't work out. Um, Alex, what did you make of the transfer window? I've got mixed mixed feelings after the transfer window. I think when you look at it objectively, we've strengthened our squad. Uh, we've brought in Trossard, who we've already seen play very well um, to back up Martinelli. Um, we've brought in Jorginho, who's argu arguably a better uh, backup for Partey than Lokonga. And he could probably play Shaka's position as well. Uh, and we've brought in cover for Gabriel if some, something was to happen to him as well. Um <laughs> Uh, why I said I've got mixed feelings is because of the names we've been linked to. Um, of course, Mudrik in the beginning of the transfer window um, and then at the later stages here, Caicedo. Um, so we've been linked to some massive names and we've come out with some uh, lesser sensational names, but probably more sensible business because both Mudrik and Caicedo was going to take us silly money to get. So I think uh, we've we've done really well uh, getting in three quality players for a uh, low amount of money um, who do very well in the middle to short run. Uh, and then hopefully in the summer, we can bring in some more sensational names like Rice and Caicedo um, and spend a bit more money. Um Dan, a lot said there. Uh, talked about Mudrik, talked about uh, Casado, talked about Rice. Um, I think we're probably in the driving seat uh, as it stands, but things will change by the summer uh, for Declan Rice, Judas. Um, Casado, uh, looking at the stats with Jorginho versus Casado, uh, you've got there successful passes, almost identical, tackles, almost identical, interceptions, almost identical. One's 12 million or 10 plus two. And one's, you know, ransom held at 70 or 80 million. Are you disappointed with Jorginho over Casado? I'm not disappointed with Jorginho. Um, probably would say I'm disappointed we didn't get Casado because I think the difference in the value is because of his age, his potential that he's, he's got and, um, you know, the length of time we can spend at the club. But um, I think Alex pretty much hit that on the... On the head, hit the nail on the head, to be honest. Um, probably why he's in the hot seat tonight. So I'll let him have that one. Um, Thanks. And it's it's not often I agree with you, Fergus, but there's something you said before um, about the transfer window and not listening to the noise. And I think people are disappointed because they've been listening to the noise going on in the background about who we could potentially have. But when you start to look at our window, it's exceeded my expectations at the start of January because I didn't expect us to get three players in that strengthens our, our squad. Trossard is an unbelievable buy at a very, very good value that is at the right age to come in and just make an impact straight away. Um, Kivior is a player that we've needed positional-wise to have a left-sided centre-half that can come in and rotate with Gabriel, does the job there. And Jorginho, he's won the Euros, he's won the Champions League, he's an experienced player. He suits that number six role perfectly. He, look at this, look at this, look at this. By Jorginho, that's lovely for Abraham who finishes with certainty. One touch, one telling touch, one simple Chelsea goal. Jorginho's pass was a peach. Abraham wasn't going to waste it. Jorginho has what One of the key parts of that role as a number six is to feed the ball between the lines into your two eights, and he does that 
fantastic. People are criticising, saying he's not physical like Partey. There are not many players like Partey. That's why he is our number one centre mid and we can't find someone else like him. Jorginho's a winner and he, he brings experience. He's a he's a step up from El Nene. He's a step up from Lukonga. Um For me, could be a very shrewd buy. And 18-month contract. If he, if he goes wrong... No risk, away. is there? Yeah, yeah, with 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 an option of an extra year, uh, Dell, um, Jorginho, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try and pretend that. I mean, the, the Caicedo deal, I agree with the club. You don't get held to ransom. January is always a, a tough time, but when you're talking 80 million for someone they paid 4.5 million for just not too long ago, I think that's absolutely bonkers. I think if they hadn't have recently sold a couple of players, then maybe that that bid would have been more likely to be accepted. That being said, um. I'm mixed about Jorginho. Uh, my initial reaction was probably, I'll hold my hands up a little bit of an overreaction now. Um, don't like the guy, didn't like the guy. Um, but when you look at it as an upgrade on, as Dan just mentioned there, on Sambi and on El Elneny, I think that's a positive. Um, but I, I said in the group chat the other day, that ball where he's played through, look who's putting the ball in the back of that. It's Tammy Abraham. We're talking about a cl- clip there was a couple of years old. Um, Three years we- yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, so although that's a great ball, that that's a great ball from three years ago. Um, I agree that yes, he's got that experience, which we probably need. Um, there's no no doubt in my mind. Arteta's um, been a fan of him for quite some time. We were linked to him last summer, you may remember, um, and also last January, in fact. Um, we, but Chelsea, we were linked to him before he went to. Um, well, City uh, were linked to him first of all. I, I think, think so, we, yeah, Pep and Arteta really wanted him before yeah. he came to Chelsea. The yeah. one thing that he has to get rid of from his game, <laughs> that stupid penalty he does. That he missed against us. It remember? works. He missed one against us. It well, not against though. us. It don't. <laughs> nah, that's true. That's but, true. But uh, I, I just get rid of that half run up. The, the the comment that um that Dan made about like you know uh, he's cover for uh, party he's cover for uh, now the outgoing Lakonga and the injured El Neni. Have we pushed it too far, Dale? Um, with uh, getting rid of Lakonga, I know he needs game time. Or should we have got yeah. somebody else in as a backup there, as a you know, third layer? Again, I was very surprised that we got rid of him whilst Elneny was injured as well. Uh, I put in the group chat I, again. I mean, I could keep referring to it, but we needed to strengthen in certain positions. And one of the things that we've mentioned in this podcast over the last God knows how long, but squad depth. Um, as far as depth goes, we're no better off. Um, if anything, we're probably worse off in, as far as depth Ooh. goes. Do you think? Oh, look at this. Look at this. So we got Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka on the yep. front line. Then we got uh, Granite, Shaka. We've got Odegaard. We got Zinchenko, Party, White, Gabriel, Saliba, and Ramsdale. Starting eleven, it picks itself yep. if all are fit. And then just let me take that banner off the bottom so people can see uh, that. So then you got Turner, Kivor. Uh, Turner, I, 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 I wouldn't really want to see yet in the Premier League. Kivor, I don't know anything about. Tommy Asu, perfectly good cover for left, right, and centre half. Jorginho, we just talked about. Smith Rowe, um, if fit, outstanding. Vieira, growing into the Premier League, but still has a lot of work to do. Trossard, we wax lyrical about him. And Inketi has proven everybody wrong right now. Kieran Tierney, for me, I'm a little bit less. Um, convinced on Tierney over over many others. I think he's a great player, but if somebody came in with the right bid and we could get suitable backup, I would look to to flip him and change him. 
But that's a that's a good good depth there, isn't it, Dale? It's no numbers wise, it's no different to what we were before, right? Um I think the one saving grace from this, I think someone touched on it earlier, might have been um Alex or, or Dan maybe, about pushing Zinchenko um into the middle. Zinchenko look at his you just have to look at his, his touch map versus Man United to show that he is everywhere, regardless. Um I will Tierney. I, I I quite like Kieran Tierney. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great option. Um I do worry um about um central midfield. I really do. Um I think we have a few players who are yet to come back from oh Smith Rowe, he, I, know, I hate the term is like a new signing, but he probably is like a loose new signing. But let's face it, does he get in above he's Odegaard, isn't he? He plays in the same position as Odegaard. Does he get in there? Probably not to be fair. And Odegaard is almost undroppable at the moment. I mean, we saw that against City. I mean Dan touched on it earlier. It, when we when we've got Odegaard in the uh, the City game at home, oh, it might have been Alex actually saying like you've got a choice: do you mark Saka or do you mark? It, it was me. It was it was it was yourself. a comment that was that, that Terry made in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah, um, but no, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the depth is any different to what it was before. It was, if anything, we had more go out than we had come in. When you take into consideration the any injury as well. Dan, looking at looking at that, um, and then I'll come. Don't get me wrong; it's not a bad side. It's it's not a bad squad at all. So don't. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't no, take that the wrong no, way. I, 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 I get that. I get that. Dan, right. looking at looking at that, um, and looking back to the Newcastle game when we looked along the line and looked at the bench and went on our phones and we went, there is not nobody's going to change that game with this with this squad. There is there, there there's changes. You've got Trossard. You've got Eddie. Uh, okay, Eddie's probably going to be playing for uh, instead of Jesus in in that situation. But there are players that can change it up. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say that that depth isn't just numbers. Depth is also quality. And I think numbers-wise, we have numbers. We have squad players that can come in. We've got youth players that will show potential and can come in numbers-wise. But we haven't had the quality in that in that position. And Jorginho is nowhere near going to be the player that replaces Thomas Partey, but he is a very, very good player that can rotate in and out of the squad for him. Um, I do see your view on Lukonga. That was my only other thought is, yes, he needs a loan. He's now the right time to be having just the three established people as a sort of central midfielders. There are players that can that can come into that role if needed, but I think that squad is set up now to just push for the Premier League, and I think he'll rotate quite a bit in the Europa League. Alex? Yeah, we've just got two competitions now, so I think we've got to be really unlucky with injuries uh, if we were to be low in numbers. I think we've got a a good squad, and like like Dan said, we've I think we've strengthened in quality. Uh, and I think I agree with you, Dale. Um, we haven't strengthened in numbers because uh, we lost uh, El Neni to injury. But I think I still think we've uh, improved our squad quite quite a bit, and um, with Midfield as well. I think Kivio, uh, he can play the the six as well. He he's done that quite a lot for Spezia as well. So I think he can cover as well um, in that role um, instead of Lukonga. Maybe uh, Ben White's done it before as well. I know we'd pref- preferably have him as a right back, but he can do it as well. So I think it helps that we've got such a versatile squad as well. Um, that sort of covers for the, the low amount of numbers. Uh, in some other roles, I think I've, I just I, I mentioned. 
Oh, sorry, I, just, I, I think I just mentioned that the um, having Swiss Army knife type players that can play in different uh, positions at this moment in time is what we need. Once we've got them, we can then layer, layer on with the trophy players, with your Mudricks, with your... Uh, well, I, I don't know if Casado is, is a trophy player or not yet, but you can, you can mix in some of those. But you also don't want to cock up the... The collective as they are, and and people who moaned about um, about the, the the transfer window, Trev uh, rightly said on Twitter, Hilsey uh, Hilsey the Gooner, um, uh, weren't people uh, underwhelmed when we signed Zinchenko and Jesus as like city rejects, and there's some responses oh, there about so bad though that there. Do you? Quite, I remember. Yeah, hundred percent. When we signed Zinchenko and Jesus, oh, I don't know. Any, I, I was buzzing with it. I, I'm, I don't think they were city casts off. I really don't. I, I saw look, look, the other look, day. Look further, da- look, look further down on, on that as well. People were uh, slagging off Ramsdale. And even further down, Lady uh, Lady 65 said, people were complaining when we signed Arteta uh, from from Everton. So I, I think the point, not necessarily, because I, with you, Zinchenko and Jesus, I thought, wow, they're cheap. For I think they're got, just... I Bad examples, aren't they? I think Sinchenko and Jesus, I think everyone was pretty much happy about them, but I think it's it was the Odegaard and the Ramsdale people were questioning back then. I think I think that's the fan base criticize our transfers. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. And, yeah. And it's just honestly our fan base at times, it's not all of them, so I don't want to put all of them in the same box, but they really need to get a grip. Because at the end of the day, when we've got a run in, we've got a very, very young squad that hasn't experienced this before at all. And if they get nervous, you know, we've seen what they're like in, even in the Newcastle game. It did get a bit nervy. The fans got a bit nervy. And that's not even the last five or ten games. Sometimes you need an experienced player to come in, calm things down, just play simple passes. And Jorginho could be that guy. So I, I just think sort of a bit, bit of perception as to where we are. You know, we're top of the league. We're five clear. We've got a game in hand. We're doing fantastic. And we've added a winner to our squad. Let's just carry on as we are, getting behind the team. And that is exactly what you just said there. What you just said there, Dan. You just said he could be that player, which is why I will not pass judgment yet until I've seen him. I'll, I'll, I'll give every single player who steps foot on that turf a, a chance in the, in the in the red and white. I will never criticise him, but I've just I'm, I think part of me inside goes, did we not learn from Willian? Did we not learn from David Luiz? Do you know what I mean? It's like, did we not learn by offering him a right, young I, massive I saw that, right? was, was David Luiz really a bad buy? I know he made a lot of mistakes, but I think I the difference. There's a difference yeah. as well because we're not bringing him in for the like starting eleven like we did with William and David Lewis. I agree, but you can. You, but one thing I will say is that the conversation must have happened between him and Arteta to say you will get your chance to first team. He, he's going to want to push for first team without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, you don't well, win the European Cup. As, and as, else as, as we progress to the European Cup, Dale. Um, Jorginho can't play. He's cup tied. He's he can't play in the European Cup. So we will, uh, as we move further into that competition, hopefully go all the way to Budapest, and I'll be there. Um, hopefully with a ticket. Um, and uh, Party uh, would be the would be the the player you would you would play more in that competition. And uh, on those occasions, you bring Jorginho in. So th- there will be there will be times he will get his game time. No, agreed. So, so did you say he can't play in Europe? Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, because he played. He was in a Chelsea uh, Champions League squad. Okay, let's let's use that as an, as an example, right? So he can't play in that position. So he can't play in the Europa League. Let's suppose we do go all the way. There's a long way to go. We had yep. a scare with Party last week. Yeah. Okay, and an injury to Party there. Who plays that that role in the Europa That's League? That's why I asked forward? you earlier the question: ha- mm. Did we did we push Lukonga or whoever out? Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree because the the only literally, I think the only option we've got there, we've got we, we'd be putting. Um, to 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 quote Dan, square pegs round holes. You you could push Zinchenko in there in the holding role. You could push Ben White in there if need be on the holding role. Uh, Rob Oldings played there before as well. The reality is we have now left ourselves seriously short in the in in European competition if there's an injury to Partey. Just to come back on that quickly. Firstly, I, I don't know 100. Is he 100 cup tied? Because I know I'm that not, be the rule. I'm not sure either. I think cross competitions, Europa League, Champions League, he may now be able to play. In the rules. I know it, even Mudrig, he, he's allowed to play for Chelsea in the Champions League and he played Champions League for Shakhtar as well. Yeah, so I, I think Ukraine that thing. May, may or may not be wrong. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll that. have to find yeah. out. Ah, don't you rename your squad? Actually, don't you rename your now. 25-man squad in February, don't you? Yeah. Potentially. I, I, I feel like he can play, but even, even worst-case scenario, right? Why, why do you want to win... The Europa League, right? Yes, it's great to have a European trophy, but it isn't the top, top trophy in Europe. For me, the only reason we really go for Europa League is because it gets the Champions League football. For me, we're going to get that. Dis- Dan, I've got to disagree, it. mate. I've got to disagree. The European Cup is... League, I think I'd go for it, but Europa League? Yeah, I agree, but... I thought mate, you were drunk when you said this on Friday. No, <laughs> I, really, I really mean it, honestly. For me, Europa League, it's, it's great to have a European competition, but it's not the top elite level in Europe. The ch- the Champions League is the be and end of of European football. Europa League. What what we're going to say in in a few years time? What if we win the Conference League? Obviously, European trophy. It's just it's not the same no, level. No, 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 no. Listen, oh. I, I would love Arteta to to win the Europa League. I'm also booked for a week out there, so you know, please. I don't. I've been to Budapest. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I would love us to win it, and I'll be there every single game that I can, exactly the same as the others. But for me. He's just nowhere near the Champions League. So for me, if 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 Arteta said, "Okay, I'm rotating the whole eleven for that game," I wouldn't be too upset. Listen, the final is after we 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 win the league. If we win the league, so when you know. Sorry, I've just got a little Guna saying Hello, goodbye. Hello, Guna. Show me your badge, Louis. That's <laughs> the Arsenal. His middle name is Dennis Louis Dennis. Funny enough. Uh, oh, we can buddy. talk about we can talk about Dennis because uh, around the stadium uh, the new wraps are on there. And this is, uh, my brother took this picture actually. It's not a bad picture for a mank, um, but this is the invincible one just in front of the Dennis Bergkamp's uh, um, uh, statue. And I think this one here, I think, is around. Uh, I, I I can't figure out where it is around on the stadium, but three of the wraps are on. Um, looking forward to seeing them when we go there on the eleventh. I'm hope, hoping they'll all be up by then. Dan? It'll be interesting to see what it's like as you approach because um, I remember when the Emirates first opened, it was like a big concrete bowl and it sort of lacked soul. And then when they put the wraps up, it just changed the stadium. And um, there's been so many comments about how the stadium's looking a bit older and now they put them up again. Um, yeah. What, what one's by our block, by the way? Uh, I think... Um... Uh, we're the North Bank. I okay. know oh, we are. We, we are Arsenal. We, 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 uh, welcome to Arsenal, or something like that. You know the the one 
I think it's North uh, London, isn't it? Welcome. Yeah, to welcome North to London. North London. Yeah, welcome to North London. I think I think that's it because that as you come in on the um, on the, on train, the train, you'll see that, and then on the opposite side, as you come across the Kentrier Bridge, I believe that's uh, onto the East End, the corner of North Bank East End. That's where the the East End facade is going to be. So um, I, I assume that the clock end probably will have. Maybe that maybe maybe that one is the clock end. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It would have been nice to have a map of them. Uh, guys, last thing on the last thing on um uh the transfer window and on the podcast for tonight is uh, sustainability. So Arsenal are fourth. I don't know what the percentages of the numbers mean, but in, in, in an index. But when you've got a club like Chelsea Football Club, uh which has got no class, no history, um and they spend £323 million in a January transfer window. To put that into context, I heard it on Talk Sport today, so it's got to be true. But that is more than the Bundesliga, league, uh, the, the French League, La Liga and Serie A combined. 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 It's got to be wrong, guys, hasn't it? Do you know Hell? what affects me? I think the biggest thing there, right, is that people... We're, People are demanding daft sums of money from Premier League clubs. You don't see this going on every every other league because they know that the Premier League has so much money kicking about because we because clubs like Chelsea, clubs like Man United. I mean, Man United. Look at the the whole Anthony situation. They spent a hundred million quid on him, and people are starting to judge their transfers based on, or well, if, if we we think he's better than Anthony, if he's worth a hundred million. Look, Brighton said the same about Caicedo. We it, it's, it's just daft. It's daft. Absolutely daft. Something needs to be done about it. Yeah, Anybody I mean, else without, have anything? Without going boring accounting on you, it's uh, it's all magical numbers that they've uh, written off debts because of the the sale and, and what's happened, and effectively they've had a huge loss go through the books where they can just now spend money. Um, so they are. It's the contract length as well, isn't it? That's what makes that's it the amortization of the player over the contract. But there's also a, a big expense for a write-off that means the the losses that contribute towards the fair play rules. Um, I mean, they've got an excess budget to spend. But it, for me, it just shows that the rules are wrong. Um, and then the I mean, if you're able to do that, why have financial fair play? And that they're, they're not even going to get in the Champions League next year as well. So it's just, yeah. it's silly. But it I shows... Change, that, I, do, I do feel like it's going to come back and bite them on the backside. I, I really yeah, hope now so. they're, they're stuck with some players who they've signed on seven and a half, eight-year contracts. The reality <laughs> is they're not all going to play. Yeah, they're stuck on their books now on daft wages for so long. I agree. Yeah, M- M- Mudrick's on two hundred grand a week uh, for seven and a half, eight years. So, and they, if he they 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 fucked up the siege deal as well yesterday. He was going to go to uh, Paris uh, Saint Saint Germain, and they sent the email too late, so he he's not going to join them. So they're yeah. st- stuck with the Fernandez. The Fernandez. No, deal. no, Hakim Ziyech. Hakim Ziyech. Oh, okay. He was at PSG waiting for the paperwork to come through, but because Chelsea was so focused yeah. on that, they just they forgot all about him. He he he'd done everything like medical, media, everything. He was just waiting for Chelsea to send the final uh, paperwork, and they did it too late. <laughs> but I, I think there'll be a big fire sale in the summer to uh, balance books up and everything else uh, and- uh, going in, going into the, the next sort of accounting period. Uh, guys, thank you very much, Dell. Uh, Peter Gooners is your Facebook group. Uh, tell people where they can follow you as well. Yeah, exactly. That's obviously my Twitter. I always follow back. I love, love interacting with people on Twitter. Um, anyone local to or around the Peterborough area, we're only 48 minutes on the train to 
to the Emirates, uh, feel free to add the Peterborough Arsenal Independent Support, Peterborough Arsenal Supporters Club on Facebook. Capo, I'll see you on very early on Saturday morning. We will. And uh, for all of you that are going to Everton, come and join us and have a sing-song. And if you're not there at Everton, you know where to be on the Brentford game. Let's make it like the United game and the Spurs game, not just uh, what the smaller games used to be. It's a, it's a huge game. All three points are equal. And uh, let's keep it going. What's your prediction, Dan? Win the league. <laughs> the, 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 the Everton game, actually. Um, what are people's predictions on the Everton game? I think that's going to be a tougher game. Christ, we've overran and we've gone into other stuff. But the Everton game, they've got um, Sean Dyche in situation now. Uh, it's a new manager bounce. Uh, they didn't buy anybody in the transfer window. They left, uh, made all their youth players that were going to go out on loan stay behind. Um, uh, Alex, your thoughts on, on the Everton situation, the Sean Dyche situation. Do you think that will make them a harder opposition on Saturday or not? I mean, we have to win anyways. Like Their club is in shambles right now. Um, I can't believe they didn't bring any players in. Um, I know they tried, but nobody wants to come to Everton right now. Um, it's probably going to make it a harder game that they just got a new manager. It always does. But we are just so much better than Everton. Like We have to win that game. I think um, Terry and uh, Rebecca in the chat is um, is right. I was looking forward to like a probably a three nil uh, win against Everton, uh, but I would take a one nil right now. Dan, is it going to be a tougher game? I think it will be a tighter game because of the way they'll set up. But I do think Everton are a poor team, and I do think we'll turn them over. I'm still thinking three or four nil. Dale, is this the final um, time that Arsenal will play uh, Everton? in Goodison Park um, ever? Ever? Probably not. But... Um, <laughs> yeah. We've got uh, two more seasons. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the two least. more seasons, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think they'll stay up. I, I think they'll stay up. I think they've got the right man in for it. He's, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put it out there. I think they'll stay up. Just, I think they'll stay up. I'm, I'm, but that being said, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win on Saturday. Likewise, one nil, one nil. Um, it's my birthday, so if you're up there, I will accept all shots, beers. <laughs> great. No great spilling point, the so. drinks then. He'll throw them on the ceiling. Don't give it to him. No. <laughs> <laughs> when, when's Guys, the next home game? It's Brentford, isn't it? Next week. The eleventh, the, the week after. Yeah, the week after. So yeah, I'll see you guys on Saturday. And it's a three o'clock kickoff, which is really unusual. Uh, we won't have many of those before now and the end of the season. Before, Guys. before then, um, happy birthday to Fergus for Saturday. And I think it's time to mention uh, a big thank you for everything he does for lots of different fans and hope he has a good day up there as well. Amen. Well said, Dan. Cheers. Guys, you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. If you like what we do, click on the like button on uh, YouTube. Click on the subscribe. You'll get to see us uh, more often. I'm sorry that the uh, comments didn't work on YouTube today, um, but it probably done me a favour because it would have been all popping up and uh, there was quite a lot of stuff to share on there. Uh, we will be back again next week after the Everton game. I'll probably be hanging. I'm, I'm sure, and I'm, I'm sure if you follow us on Facebook, uh, you'll, you'll see our, our Twitter and all like that. You'll see some video clips of us drunk up in Everton, anyway. So, up the Arsenal, fuck the Spurs. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. 
Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.